Today, a middle schooler described me as sad but funny. For the last time, fruit is not a dessert. Please understand this. Do better. Why are movies so long? Can't they just to get over themselves? Like, I have things to do. Come on. Like 85% of the time I'm disappointed in tomatoes. Arbor eat um? I hardly know um. Welcome to Tweet Victory, colon, thread winner, with your hosts at Annie Berg Flames and at CWC Radio. Welcome to Tweet Victory, colon, thread winner. I am at CWC Radio and I'm joined as always by... Annie Berg Flames with a Z. Annie, uh, listeners are in for a treat today because we are going back to our classic. Well, I think this could just be what the show is, uh, <laughs> but we have another Google search history. Um, uh, this is the first thread of a Google search history, but this is my favorite thing. If we make this the new format for the show, then do we have to add another colon and another name to the show. We have to add more punctuation to it. It would have to be tweet victory colon thread winner dash uh, dash dash Google search history. Yeah. 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 All right. Something to think about. And, and then we could add Roman numerals. So it could be dash Google search history. And then it, because then we don't need episode titles. It could just be I, 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 V. Yeah. That actually is for eternity. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, so we're back. We're back into the Google search history. You get to see a little glimpse into my daily life. So uh, the 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 actual text of the thread says Google search history nine nineteen twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> I love how it it reads as if you're submitting this for evidence, like <laughs> to a grand jury. You know, it might be evidence for something sometime. I don't know. I mean. We're yet to know where my life could go and what mysteries or crimes I could be committing or involved in, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe this gives you an airtight alibi. (laughs) Right. Clearly, I was Googling about these things, so it's fine. So uh, should we go down the list? Should we cherry pick our favorites? I mean, you know what? They're all things I have lived. Um, So Should we start at the bottom and work our way up to the most recent? let's do it. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um, because some of these, I assume, based on on a couple of these, go back to our were maybe even searched during our um, episode last week. So yes. at the very bottom, it says "Lightning Bug versus Firefly Map." Yeah. Okay. So I'm guessing. Can I guess yeah. what this is? Yes. Guess. Guess. I'm guessing that there are parts of the world or parts of the U.S that use the term lightning bug versus people who use the term firefly because they're the same thing. Right. So they are the same thing. I, Mike had said lightning bug, I think in jest, I don't know. And I was like, that's not a thing that people say. And I was like, it's called a firefly. And then Mike's like, no, I'm the spokesperson for the South. And I used to live in the South. So, um, I know that it's called lightning bugs there. Um, and so then I had to look it up and be like, where is this on the map? I don't even know if lightning bug is a southern thing. Like there's some parts in Minnesota that use lightning bugs, apparently. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking as a native Minnesotan, I feel like I grew up with lightning bug. But I also really? feel like I also feel like I grew up with firefly. I feel like so I'm one of these like pop soda people where it's like I'll sometimes 
at this point i now call it soda all the time because i think that's i used to think that was funnier because i grew up in a world where it was always called pop and i Mm. thought well pop is actually a ridiculous thing to say so i thought well i'm gonna call it soda and now i do but in reality i'm kind of both of those things and if you had asked me if you had shown me a picture aside from this and said what are these I honestly think it's a coin flip whether I said lightning bug or firefly. I don't even know what I call them. Really? Because I've yeah. only ever called them fireflies and I've heard lightning bugs maybe a handful of times and I didn't realize that that was a thing that people like said in any meaningful way. <laughs> you know, like I thought yeah. it was maybe like thrown into a Disney movie or something. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's it's interesting to think about because they're both pretty good names. Now, the downside of lightning bug is the word bug. Yeah. But um, it's interesting if you flip them and you call them lightning flies, that doesn't work. It sounds like they're really yeah. fast, right? Yeah, and fire bug is, like, gross. Or, fire like, bug yeah. sounds like it's, like it's going to bite you and you're going to get, like, a rash. Or it's like a BMW Beetle that has, like, fire decals on it. Like, it's not something to take seriously you know mm-hmm. or even like, like a volkswagen beetle because bmw doesn't make oh yeah <laughs> but that i'm sorry that was i should have no done that. this is the type of correction i need <laughs> on tweet victory colon thread winner um so okay so i don't even remember how the map lined up um couldn't tell you but there I is a map if it's like yeah there are maps about it i wonder if it's more like a um, countryside or farm or like something versus like rural or i don't know i just only i know i'm not a i never grew up in the countryside i don't know that life i only have ever grown up in suburbia and like urban areas and i've always said firefly so i don't know yeah i I honestly uh, this one is interesting to me only because i don't know what i call them (laughs) i I don't know what the next thing to come out of my mouth is going to be and now that I've introduced this dilemma to you, you'll never feel confident that that is your gut reaction to like, is it a firefly or a lightning bug? It's always going to be in the back of your head, isn't it? I don't think I'll ever say it again. Is uh, Honestly, I think that if I see one, I'll be like, hey, look at that. And I'll like wait for the other person to be like, it's a firefly or a lightning bug. Um, you'll just come kid- up with your own like third name for it. That's right. And my kids are old enough now where they're not going to ask me like, what is that called? So, like, who's going to be asking what it's called? So, I don't know that I'll ever use that term again. Oh, oh. Because I just, like, I'm too scared now that I don't know what I would call it. This I, is I traumatizing. Have a, I have a kind of, per, like, naming paralysis for uh, for these Aww. little creatures that light up. So, And they are quite common. Yeah, and they're pretty great. Did you ever, mm. did you ever, uh, uh, and I realize this would be abhorrent to you now, but did you ever, like, catch lightning bugs or fireflies um i always wanted to it always seemed like a like very romantic thing to do like to catch them or to put them in a little jar but i also don't like bugs and um i'm not great in nature so no i never i never really tried to do that the the closest i ever got was like picking up those little baby toad things sometimes sure that was about i I grew up because i'm old enough to have leading memories of the 1970s i feel like those memories are feel like they're set at the turn of the 20th century like i have these Mm -hmm. memories of being in this very rural area and it probably wasn't that rural but just somebody with a big backyard and like as a very small child being with kids who were 
collecting fireflies or lightning bugs and it was mm. it was as great and cinematic as you can imagine mm. um and i don't even know if it's true so like <laughs> you know listeners if you happen to be my brother and remember this let me know but like i i, I have i don't know where we were we were somewhere in southern minnesota and uh yeah and this is again this is probably 1979 so i was like two going on three you know like but i i yeah i don't know very um, specific yet ethereal memories exactly mm. exactly and and like so well lit and the cinematography's great on these memories that they're probably not real this will um, be the opening scene of your biopic that's yeah. right that's right a very terrence malicky kind of kind of thing um so the next two uh, we don't really need to talk about because we talked about them last week so the next two are fictional jerry's yes um, and then name generator which i'm assuming came out of that same thing yes yes it did mm-hmm. okay um i like the next one so the next one as we go up the list is states with most school breaks Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I work at an international school and Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of non-American teachers there. And a lot of times we like we'll chat about how schools are back in our home countries. And one of the things that was mentioned was like, what are breaks like in America for school teachers and like what are the benefits and everything? And um, we were explaining like, oh, we don't really have a lot of fall breaks. Like sometimes we'll get like an MEA break or like a day off for a fall break here or there, but there's nothing like Korea has like a full week for their Thanksgiving um, holiday. And so my uh, one of my coworkers was like, well, which states, if I was going to move to the U.S. and because it's dependent on state, which state should I move to for the most amount of break time? Because um, that's obviously high up on that's the list how you for pick teachers. where you live. Yeah, <laughs> truly, if you're a teacher. And so uh, I looked it up and it turns out Colorado, based on like one thing I found, I, this could be really wrong. Colorado has 165 student contact days or no, 160 student contact days. Uh Uh-huh. Minnesota had 165. Okay. And then a lot of the other states were like 180, 175. I wouldn't have guessed Minnesota was that low. Same. Um, I don't know how that all pans out. Like, I don't know if like it's actually student contact days or it's like days in the school, like like professional development. I don't know. I didn't really get into the weeds on it, but I was like pretty proud that Minnesota was like in the top. Yeah. I got to say, you know, just like your lightning bug firefly search, you should have put map at the end of this because we should have just seen a map of this. This has to exist somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And like a gradient of like the deep purples are the ones where there's like more breaks and yeah, exactly. Somebody's made a map. So uh, the next one on the list uh, I'm going to need some help with it's it says Coca-Cola Mashita. Ah, Mashita. Oh, it's, Mashita. Um, okay. It means delicious in Korean. And so um, this was I was I had this like thought in the middle of the night where I was like, I should write like a short story about like a Korean kid. Cause that's like all my life is right now is just hanging out with Korean kids all day. And I was like, it should start out with this like nursery rhyme called Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Mashita. And it's their version of like eeny, meeny, miny, mo. So it's like, Coca-Cola. Wait, is it actually, or did yeah. you make this up? No, no, no. This is okay, a real it actually thing. Is. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's like Coca-Cola Mashita. It's like, um, Coca-Cola is delicious. I drank all the Coca-Cola because I drank all the Coca-Cola. I went to the hospital because I went to the hospital. And it's just like this 
this cycle. Uh, and it's meant to help kids like make a choice, right? Just like eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Okay. And I'm like, that would be a really great start to a short story. Like if you just had like a kid chanting Coca-Cola Mashita, like between two choices. Wouldn't it be? I'm like, it's, it's also like a sweet. great title. Right? Yeah. Now I will say when I saw this, I thought you were searching for a recipe. <laughs> I oh. thought you were making something called uh Mashita. <laughs> and when you're like, is there a version of Mashita where you use Coca-Cola? Now, as I'm picturing what Mashita is, because I'm basic, I thought, well, this is some sort of you know, mashed potato recipe where maybe you put in some vegetables and, you know, someone like me would put in some cheese and sour cream. And I'm like, where does the Coke come into this? And I'm like, well, maybe it flavors it or maybe like, you know, when you when you boil the potatoes, you boil them in Coke mm. <laughs> or am I inventing new cuisine as I'm talking? <laughs> no, you know, the um, whatever. Oh, what was that show that I was going to make you watch this summer about chefs? Anyway, one of the things that they make is like Coca-Cola braised ribs. See, so uh, you're th- not wrong. Well, yeah, because I, when I do when I when I when I do stuff in the smoker, I will often use soda for that. And I, so I was another thing I thought maybe is you cut the potatoes up and you fry them up. And there's there's Coca-Cola involved in there, so it sort of caramelizes on the like the sugar from the Coke caramelizes on the potato. This is a potato-based search for me, <laughs> and it turns out there's really no potatoes in no. this. No. I mean, I love a good spud, but that's not really the the inspiration behind this search. I do like that though, and it kind of leads into the next one. Well, that's exactly it. So I because I had seen the next search, because the next search is our onions spicy. So I thought, well, maybe as you're making your uh, Mashita, you're like, well, do I want to put onions in? The person I'm making this for doesn't like spicy foods. And you're like, I don't know. Or how would you describe what an onion is? Is it spicy? Is it, what is it? So, so uh, tell me about this search. It was not well, clearly this... not related to this potato dish I was imagining. Yeah, this one was, so I had this bit of, um, this bit of onion in a salad at school and it like was super spicy. And I was like, I didn't, I hadn't had that sensation before when I ate onions. I've never like eaten and thought, wow, that's spicy. So I was like, is my palate getting blander that like something like a, like a onion would be like, whoa, crazy. Or, and like, is that a result of my diet with the personal trainer? Is that a result of me getting older and taste buds going cray? Or um, maybe I've just never had a good onion and maybe all good onions are spicy. And then I was like, is this like a hotly debated thing? Like, do are people out there being like, I think when I taste them, I taste spice. When I taste them, I don't taste spice. And I looked it up and um, it was not as exciting or spicy as I thought it would be. So I don't know. There's not in, really in that debate. it was inconclusive or no one had in anything that- to say. Yeah, no one had anything to say. It was not de- it was not heavily debated. It was just kind of like a oh yeah, sometimes they have some spice or some kick to them. Like red onions have more kick than other types of onions. Done. See, so I, I don't know. I read this because as a a father um of children who were once children, um kids often use the word spicy to describe things they don't like, even things where you'd be like yeah, I don't think spicy is the right word. Like <laughs> if somebody describes like, uh, you know, Coca-Cola as spicy or like Sprite as spicy, you're like, 
I don't think that's actually what spicy means. But you could see that being the word used for that. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yep. Yep. For sure. Like bubbly. It kind of like does something weird to your mouth like a spice yeah. would. Yeah. 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 It's not smooth. It has something to it that it's interacting with. But yeah, kid, kids like to throw spicy into stuff as a way of rejecting so I, mm. if you if you had read more like four year olds writing on the internet, I bet you would get a lot of onions are spicy. You'd get a consensus probably. Super spicy. Do you think onions are spicy, Sam? Um, no, I'm not a big raw onion person, but I loved onions cooked in things. You know, like sure. I'm 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 a sucker for a good like um, you know, when you fry onions up and put them on something like like I'm I'm good I'm good with that. Um, mm, caramelized onions yeah yeah like a french onion soup is oh. is phenomenal you know that's mm. that's great um we need to talk about the next one on your list yeah uh, because speaking of list this seems like the kind of search that could put you on a watch list <laughs> um because it just says fertilizer uh spelled wrong by the way it's fertile fer- i wouldn't know because it's me <laughs> for, <laughs> looks fertizler. fine to me for for tizzler for Tizzler. Um, Is that some sort of weird Twizzler that I don't know about? Yummy. Um, so this one was actually related to the fact that I, every other day, attend a seventh grade science class. That's life science. I don't know if I really talked about this on the pod, but um, I never really got a ton of life science growing up. And so a lot of this is kind of new to me, even so though you're I'm brushing this- up on the fundamentals right now. So I'm in there supporting other students and I'm kind of secretly like, oh my gosh, so that's the difference between a consumer and a producer. Wow, that's ecological relationships. What's a keystone species? So it's getting really exciting and I'm learning a lot um, and also called upon sometimes and do not know the answer. So it's humbling at all, uh, um, all the same. But they we had a, a lesson today, actually, where the students learned about um, different types of ecological relationships. So things like parasitism or predation or competition. And one of them was symbiosis. And I was like, I feel like I got my head around symbiosis. And the example was sea anemone and um, clownfish. And the kids are like, well, we understand. Classic like, symbiotic relationship. <laughs> the first one everyone points to. And the kids were like, oh, well, we see why sea anemone would make sense because it provides protection for the clownfish. But we don't know why the clownfish benefit from that. Or like, is it a benefit? Is it just neutral? And the teacher's like, no, 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 it's a benefit. It's a benefit. Think about what clownfish do. And they're like, I don't know. They're pretty. And they're like, no, they're not providing beauty to the anemone. Like, that's not really the point. Um, And then one of the kid, as a joke, just yells out, they poop. And the teacher's like, yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. And he's like, yeah, so like the excretion from clownfish like uh, can help fertilize. And so then we brought up like what fertilizer means and the kit, I could see it in their eyes being like, that's what fertilizer is. <laughs> like They didn't know they're like that far removed from fertilizer in their like daily lives that they're like, I did not know that that's what that came from. And so I searched it and I like showed the I showed the word to the student next to me. And Did you show like, the word for Tizzler to them? Or? <laughs> Probably. And they were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Go back to sixth grade science, Miss Annie. Um, and then that leads into the top search, which was sea otter food web. The kids are working on food webs. And so they get to choose a keystone species. And one of my students chose sea otter. So I'm helping them get through, uh, get through the what, what, what they eat, what eats them, how that energy moves around in the ecosystem. 
I feel like like I'm going through science for the first time. <laughs> well, see, really? remember how we started this episode by saying it sounded like you were presenting this to a grand jury as a piece of evidence. Yeah. What you just did is gave yourself an alibi for your search for fertilizer. Because <laughs> when I read that, for some reason, when I think about somebody shopping for fertilizer, searching for fertilizer, somebody who is not in the agricultural world, I think about people making bombs because like, ah. that's always like, so, so it's like, so on your Google search history, you have all of this stuff that seems pretty benign, um, you know, but maybe, maybe you're like, okay, well, I want to find out where are the, where are the places that have the most school breaks? Cause maybe you're going to, you're plotting something. Right. And it's like uh. fertilizers on there. Like, like I was thinking about this as like a cork board where I was making connections and the fertilizer one was the jump with that jumped out at me. But now you, you've, this episode can stand as a piece of evidence to say, no, 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 this was a, this was an innocent search. You know, you, you've now, you've now like um, Kaiser Soze style tied it into all of these other things that supposedly happened in your day. So you tie it into the, uh, the sea otter food web and all of this. Um, so it's a very well done. If you're a criminal mastermind, you know, you, you've done a good job of laying track to hide, you know, to hide your tracks. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> laying track to hide your tracks <laughs> <laughs> it works for me i'll search it but on the flip side i'm kind of like how if if my search for fertilizer was in fact suspicious mm-hmm. and for ill intent and i chose to bury that search within the other searches listed here those are not like normal searches right like i would have looked up like holidays or travel to no i guess not travel you don't want any travel stuff nope and to be fair you did look up holidays because you have states with most school breaks so you kind of (laughs) did (laughs) that's true i don't know you're right i think i I think think i think you're you're this is what's so genius about it is I thought of fertilizer as utterly unrelated. And then you just seamlessly went from fertilizer to sea outer food web. And you had a little cute story about it with, you know, with, with a clownfish and an anemone, the, the classic, yeah. the classic symbiotic relationship like that. That's the way you hide it. It is hiding mm-hmm. in plain sight there. It's both seems conspicuous. And then you made it seem like the most innocent thing in the world. And I have a room full of, potential witnesses mm-hmm. certainly one that read for tisler on my screen and could at least mention that to the judge yeah yeah you know but maybe maybe your target is a fictional jerry and you you chose your target by doing coca-cola mashita, mashita. between <laughs> yeah. the lightning bug and firefly map i don't know why that yeah. would connect, yeah. but throw that in there Wow, I, I love this as your as your like criminal mastermind corkboard. And my name generator was like my That's your alias, right? Yeah, my alias. Wow, it all it all ties together. Except for the spicy onions, which I buy as just like in the middle of it, you're like, by the okay. way, are onions spicy? Yeah, or just like I'm making a meal halfway you're through. A person, right? And you just you search for other things. That's the thing that makes you human, you know? Yeah. My questions about relatable. onions. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> wow. Well, this we took this on a journey. Um, mm. I I think there is a and we 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 do this too often, but I think there is a movie to be made about how somebody takes 
a you know a 10 a 10 item search history and sort of breaks it down and solves a mystery just by like piecing those seemingly unrelated things together and i feel like we just did that yeah yeah well if you enjoyed what you're listening to and you'd like to hear more about annie's search history if we, we in fact just pivot this to a search history podcast which we totally could do um so I oh can I tell you before we go can I tell you one other I looked at my search history which is really uninteresting. Yes, um, tell me. Because like a lot of my search history it is just it's my work computer so it's just like looking up the Bethel Clarion or looking up the Bethel Podcast Studio or Bethel Testing Center. But I have one search at the bottom of my search history that I did yesterday morning. Have you ever had a dream where someone introduces themselves and they very clearly say their name in the dream and you remember the name and it's not like somebody you know but like a stranger introduces themselves and says their name only when it's a name that i recognize or is like a mashup of other names never like a name out of the blue nope okay just out of the blue so this happened to me two nights ago <laughs> i i was in this dream and this person introduced himself as Matthias Midthune. Ooh. And I was, and, and like, he made a joke about his name, which didn't make sense to me. He was like, how do you get the joke? And I'm like, I, I don't. And then he said, Matthias Midthune. And I'm like, I don't get it. And then we moved on. So like, I don't know what the joke is, but to him, it was very funny. Um, and that's why I remembered it. So then I went and I did a Google search thinking, is this like a famous person? Is this did some and like the, I can't there is this is not a name that exists. You have Isn't to make it weird? exist. Isn't that weird? What did if you, I meet what if I someday meet somebody named that? What am I gonna do? You ha you cannot let them go. There's something inexplicable. Yeah, that ties our, our, our fates are tied together. So did you see the person's face? Because that's another thing with dreams. I feel like I've read that like we only see faces in dreams of people we've already seen before. Like our minds can't conjure up new faces. Right. But the way that our memory works is like, yeah, I kind of can picture him, but I don't know if I'm just making mm. that up, if I'm piecing that together. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't, if I did a, like a police artist, like sketch artist kind of version of this, like the, it's almost like face blindness. Like I can picture like mm -hmm. stuff around the face, but like the actual facial features are are really hard to pin down. But that name was loud and clear. Yeah, yeah. So that's a weird thing to see on my search history because it's like so I kind of I had forgotten about it, and I pulled this up, and it was like, oh, there he is. He's not a person. Matthias. Yeah. Wow. And there's okay. I'm gonna search for him. I think the rest of our life is gonna be searching for this man. What would we do if we found him? <laughs> I don't know. What would we make him listen to Tweet Victory? Yeah, because he's like, you're going to show up in episode like 215 of this. So <laughs> you have to start at the beginning, though, to build context. Yep. Settle down. Get through. Mm -hmm. Listen on 1.5 speed if you have to, but you're going to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And by then, he'll become one of our best friends. Maybe <laughs> oh he's thoughts. the third host. Oh, that'd be great. Or maybe he's the one blood. who destroys the podcast. Like, we don't know any of this stuff. Maybe he replaces one of us. Yeah, he could be like our enemy. He could be our, our nemesis. Oh, I like it. 
Yeah, and a nemesis is just a friend you haven't met yet or a friend you did meet that then turns on you or could be lots of things. So, Right. yeah. All right. <laughs> I just needed to tell that story because my That's search history wild. is not interesting. Um, but if you enjoy what you're listening to or if your name is Matthias Midthune, <laughs> please email us, channel3900 at gmail.com. And explain why your name is a joke. Yeah, I, that's the other part. If anybody knows why that's funny, because I'm assuming dreams are something I made up. So part of me thought that was a funny joke, and the other part of me doesn't get it. Part of you in the middle of the night let out one little chuckle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a person walking around in my head with a weird sense of humor that I don't get. Um, so uh, email us, channel3900 at gmail.com. Follow at Annie Bergflames with a Z on threads or at Andy underscore Bergland on Twitter. You can follow at CWC Radio on Twitter if you want. It's not going to matter. Or on threads, and it's still not going to matter. You should subscribe to the Channel 3900 Podcast Network. Lots of great stuff coming on the network. We got the yoke coming out every week. Um, there'll probably be some more 252, some election shock therapy. All this stuff should be coming soon. Um, that is all the time that we have, but we will be back next week with another episode of Tweet Victory, colon, Threadwinner. For Tizzler. Follow us at Annie Berg Flames on threads and or Annie underscore Bergland on Twitter.